You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I would argue that what we're going to see tomorrow and Thursday for Jordan Love is more valuable than what he'll do on Saturday against the Patriots in the game, as long as you're utilizing. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Live from Prairie View Golf Course in Middleton, it is Rutledge and Hamilton without Rutledge and Hamilton. I'm Alex Strofe alongside the unsinkable Molly Brown. Pleasant View Golf Course, excuse me. Good start. What'd you call it? Prairie, I think. No. Everything's under control. Situation normal. We're fine. We're all fine here. No, thank you. Who would ever call it Prairie View Golf Course? Come on. Yeah, only only a fool would do that. Yeah, uh, we, are, I mean, we are out here for the Catch Short Game, the community around the Children's Hospital. You can learn more about them and everything they do uh, around the American Family Children's Hospital at uwcatch.org, uwcatch.org on that. No Jim Rutledge. He's on vacation all week. Matt Hamilton out golfing somewhere. I had a very brief interaction with him prior to the show. Uh, I think it's safe to say he's enjoyed himself today. Uh, I, ha- I heard that he had uh, an arm wrestling little match with one of our yeah, friends and then he was here. he was making handshakes and throwing out dirty words, and it was it was a it was a scene. Ooh, so this is gonna be a show when he comes back. If slash when we allow him on the air, it'll be a scene. Okay, uh, it will be indeed. But nonetheless, we are here at Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton for the catch short game. 14 holes, raising money for an awesome cause. Again, you can learn more on that uwcatch.org. Alex Strofe, Molly Brand with you. The first joint practice between the Packers and the Patriots is in the books. A couple takeaways from that. Nothing of, of huge substance and not a huge report on what Jordan Love did. Kind of a mad day for him. But not a bad day, which I think is actually good news given you know, you're seeing another team. You're in a situation against one of the greatest, if not the greatest, defensive mind of all time in Bill Belichick. But Luke Musgrave stealing the show had a nice touchdown catch from Jordan Love, making plays all over the field. And at the end of Wilde and Tausch, which, which I produced this morning, which you hear every day 9 to noon here on ESPN Madison, Wilde snuck in the comment that Luke Musgrave was on an end around, right? So he comes into the backfield, catches the pitch, and runs the other direction. For a six foot six, two hundred fifty pound body, that's that's unique. That's different. So, uh, something to keep an eye on there with, with Luke Musgrave and maybe some of his different roles within the Packers offense. Curious on what you're curious about. We'll uh, we'll try to get through some of what Matt Lafleur said and some of the other takeaways from joint practice throughout the show today. But what are you curious about? Hit me up eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Your way in to Rutledge and Hamilton. Molly Brown, Luke Musgrave making a big impact. Day number one, and it's exciting because the Packers haven't had a good tight end and I mean, maybe outside of uh, of Rob Tunyon's big season yep. in 2020 since Jermichael Finley. Which feels Finley. like forever ago. Well, several seasons ago. Um, Yeah, no, and I mean the whole Tyler Davis, if you guys even talked about that, him getting injured in the preseason game, like that's just absolutely devastating, one, for him, but for two, him. for the team. Like, Is it? Um, I mean, he was kind of thought to be the lead guy, was he not? No. He's the, well, he's the one that we hear all the time about, Schmitty. Schmitty, yeah. I mean, like, no, not this year. Obviously, when you put two two high-level pick investments into into both Musgrave and Tucker Craft, he, he was probably third with Josiah DeGuara mainly playing the fullback role now. But, to your point, I think he would have seen the field early mm-hmm. because he's, he's one of the few guys with, with actual experience on this team now. Uh, he just wrapped up his first full year and obviously was with the team at the end of the 2021 season. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he was somebody interesting to keep an eye on, but I, I don't view it as a huge loss. I, I think when I say veteran, uh, I mean under the age of like 27, but but I would anticipate the Packers probably grab a veteran tight end at, at, at cut down day um, just because you have Tucker Craft, you have uh, Luke Musgrave, but you need some experience in that room and, and with Josiah DeGuara making the full-time switch to fullback. But do you think that's actually the mentality that the Green Bay Packers have? Because I think if that would be the mentality of keeping a veteran in that locker room to teach those young tight ends, they would have kept Mercedes Lewis. 
Yeah, but but again, I, I think they're looking at uh, you know youth movement. So if they were to go get a veteran, I'm using that word very loosely. It'd be like a 26 year old guy, 25 year old guy that's out there. Okay, you're making me feel very old. Well, uh, but several years it. in the league, you know yes. what I mean? So yeah, Mercedes Lewis, great piece, of course, but. The Packers have what four guys over the age of forty, or excuse me, over the age of thirty on their roster. Uh, one of them is is the punter mm-hmm. uh, in Pat O'Donnell. One of them is David Bakhtiari, one of the best players on the team. And uh, who else is there? Preston Smith, another good player on the team. And mm-hmm. I, I'm forgetting who the fourth one is. But nonetheless, a lot of youth on this team. And so I, I wouldn't anticipate Mercedes Lewis really meshing well with whatever the Packers are trying to accomplish here uh-huh. in 2023. I mean, he was around a lot of those guys last year, so it's not that he wasn't. It's just I, I'm almost curious with that if that's more of we wanted to get rid of anybody that was kind of associated with Rodgers, if that makes sense. To a point. I, I don't think it's wrong, right? Obviously, Bakhtiari's still around because they owe him so much money. But Because if it was Randall Cobb, would you be saying the same thing? Like, oh, how well does Randall Cobb mesh with those guys? No, I don't think no, he No, I would think be. you're right. I think you're right about that. So uh, it, it is interesting to keep an eye on. But Luke Musgrave, the big, the big topic from joint practice number one. You know, these joint practices are fun. They're unique. They're different. And they've become kind of the new norm in the NFL where a lot of teams are putting more stock in more of their top-end guys, right? We're talking roster spots 1 through 24, essentially, when it comes to the first-team offense and defense. They're putting more stock into those guys playing in these joint practices than they are in the preseason games because, number one, you, you, you obviously lose pretty much all of the, uh, in terms of contact injuries, you lose any possibility of your quarterback going down because the quarterback can't get hit. But you can also run things back, try things again, dissect them a little bit more rather than than the live timing of, of, of a football game, which you'll see on Saturday between the Patriots and the Packers. So it is fun, and I like that, that they're, you know, especially with the new era of Packers football we're in here in 2023, I like that they're doing three joint practices on top of the already three three preseason games, two of which obviously this week with the Patriots. I like this. I think I think it allows you to evaluate Jordan Love a little bit more. Although today's takeaway, from what I've been able to gather, obviously I wasn't there, is, is Jordan Love just kind of had an ante. Uh, well, did you see the touchdown pass to Christian Watson? I did not. Uh, well, if you go to Kurt Benkert, former oh Green Bay Packer, uh, should potentially be running their social media. Um, He posted, that's hot, he quoted it, 19 minutes ago on a video that was posted from Arguable Opinions of Jordan Love throwing a touchdown pass to Christian Watson. So he looked pretty good. I don't know if he looked, what what was the word that you just used to describe Jordan Love? Uh, Meh, but yeah, that's a sexy pass. Yeah, that looks pretty freaking good. That was pretty hot. I don't know. I, I would say. I would agree with Kurt Benkert and Molly Brown's a- analysis. Pretty hot. <laughs> That's hot. That's super hot. <laughs> super fly. Super hot. 844-770-3776. Here we are. Yeah, I, I'm the one that's cringy. Um, I, I wanted to get to this, though, also, because this this piqued my interest a bit. And uh, this is Jason Wilde, longer cut. Uh, you heard it at the beginning of the show. But yesterday, when he joined us in Rutledge and Hamilton, talking about the value of joint practices, because Matt Hamilton was all in on him. We're all all in on him. But Jason Wilde explained. Uh, explains it better than most as he talks about the value of joint practices. The beauty of these practices and the reason why they are so valuable is because the the rest of the league doesn't have the film access to these practices. So you can run your scheme. Uh, You can't hit the quarterback. He's still in the red protective jersey. But beyond that, you can do all the things that you would do in a real game so you can evaluate your players, so you can see what happens with your scheme, so you can see how effective your quarterback is against different looks or which plays work and which ones don't and which ones he likes and which ones he doesn't. It's incredibly valuable. And so I would argue that what we're going to see tomorrow and Thursday for Jordan Love is more valuable than what he'll do on Saturday against the Patriots in the game, as long as you're utilizing it that way. So Matt's big issue, Matt Hamilton, that is, and that's Jason Wilde yesterday from Rutledge and Hamilton. You miss any of that appearance from Wilde. You can find it on Wisconsin Demand, wherever you get your podcast, the Rutledge and Hamilton feed, brought to you by Revive Restoration, revivepros.com. Matt's big issue with Jordan Love so far has been he hasn't seen the long ball. He's only seen it in practice. But for the same guy that said he puts more value into the joint practices than he does the preseason games, the video that Molly Brand and Kurt Benkert are calling hot and sexy and uh, very awesome, uh, that should be good for Matt. Uh, It should be, and I hope that he sees it, and I hope he remembers it, given his current state that he apparently (laughs) might be in. Um, And I I feel like there's just so much to it, but like with Jordan Love, I think this is where we have to give him a break. And this is what I was trying to tell Matt yesterday. Like, 
you can't just expect the guy's going to be launching it 50, 60 yards downfield right. in a preseason game. Like, give him a break. How about, in my mind, I'm thinking, let's just see if he can complete those little five-yard dump-offs, 10 yards then work your way up, get bigger, get stronger down, like as it goes, but like just build up his confidence with those smaller throws. Don't just knock his confidence. Cause imagine this, right? Christian Watson last year against the Minnesota Vikings week one, where he drops that wide open pass that would have been a touchdown, right? Like if Jordan Love is throwing that, and let's say that it maybe wasn't on the money like that one was, and that was on Christian Watson. Like, is that going to make him feel good that he just threw it that far and then it's not completed? Like the the missed one that he had with the tight end, was that Musgraves? That, that was right. So like that one, did you really think that that made Jordan Love feel good that he missed that uh, throw? And that was a really bad miss. Bad we all throw. know that. Yeah. It's so it's like. Wouldn't you rather have his confidence just keep getting built up by getting bigger and better and stronger? Maybe I'm in the minority. No, no, you're right. I mean, it it is a mental game to a point, but I think, you know, he's an NFL quarterback. He can handle the misses and and the makes and and whatnot. But I I will say, I mean, what we've seen out of these practices, the joint practices and the non-joint, or or the solo practices, if you will, are the guy is locating. He's making throws. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously the one to Musgrave on Saturday is inexcusable. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for it. But overall, he's been able to connect on those long balls and those different passes. And and that one uh, that we're calling hot and sexy is certainly appealing. I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly what you look for with this dynamic duo of Jordan Love and Christian Watson. Watson has the ability to take the top off a of defense, and when he's able to successfully do that against one of the better pass defenses from a year ago in New England and the greatest maybe defensive mind of all time in Bill Belichick, if he's dicing it up with Christian Watson over the middle of the field, that's got to make you feel a little bit better. And this goes back to the point I made on Monday following Friday's first preseason game. If you're watching these clips uh, of Jordan Love or, or the preseason game with Jordan Love in it, and your opinion isn't swaying at least an inch one way or another, I don't think you're reading enough into this, right? Like, I'm not I'm not sitting here and overanalyzing and saying just because he makes one throw in a practice that he's going to be the next MVP of the NFL. That's not what I'm saying. But you should feel a little bit more comfortable that, A, he has the ability to be a playmaker, and, B, he understands the scheme and the offense of the guys around him, right? He's building this rapport with Christian Watson, who I said has the ability to take the top off of a defense. We saw that several times over the course of his rookie year last year with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'm, I'm fascinated by Jordan Love. I'm, I'm intrigued by Jordan Love, but I am feeling confident about Jordan Love and, and the different plays and looks he's given and, and the plays he's made over the course of the last couple of weeks. I think it's all good signs and it should make you feel just a little bit better about his ability to lead this team. So is his performance on Saturday going to affect your opinion of him at all? It should. I mean, depending on how much he plays, right? If it's if it's just a series and he goes two for three. And I think that'd be stupid if that's what they did, to be honest. I, 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 I just don't know what they're going to do with them, right? They, they would hate to risk injury. And preseason is, is not about getting your quarterback hit, right? Like, this should not be about getting reacclimated to being hit, which Jordan Love obviously has not done on a consistent basis as the starter of a football team since twenty nine the twenty nineteen college football season at Utah State. But he he needs to elude pressure, get away from it, get the ball out anytime he's getting close to getting hit or get out of bounds, right? Like he cannot be getting hit. But if he can stand in a clean pocket and locate the ball and run through his progressions, I'm all for him playing a quarter or, or even two. Right? Like I'm fine with that. He just can't be getting hit. And that that's my that's my biggest issue with it. Okay. But that's why I like the joint practices, because he can't get in. Yeah, and I actually have a question about that. How come, what does Jason mean when he says that the rest of the NFL does not have access to the film? Because it's like, this is what's been talked about all this uh, yeah. preseason, I feel like, is that, oh, the fans can record all this. Obviously, like, the reporters and the people <laughs> that are on the sidelines can only record during certain yeah. sequences and stuff. But, like, other teams are still going to see that exact hot, quote-unquote, throw. Yeah. From Jordan Love. Yeah, you're correct. Um, so we live in 1984 in the NFL rule book still. So stupid. Uh, so, yes, you're right. You cannot send a scout to practice and record the whole thing, although you could probably get away with it. If you walk like a in scout there wearing, could literally je- dress if, up wearing. If the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who the Packers play in week four or five, yes. sent you in the outfit you're wearing right now, paid you to be a scout and record the entire practice, nobody's going to kick you out. Exactly. Yeah, it makes no sense to me either. But that's that's the rule. You just can't. I mean, if they find out you did it, then you get in trouble. 
It's so stupid. But I know that, like, I've talked to Chris Orr about this because he has connections to the Ravens. And I don't know if this is still current day or if this was, like, a few years ago. But apparently when you go to those practices, fans and everything get their phones taken away. It's like they literally can't record things while in there. Would I be shocked if Mark Murphy and the Green Bay Packers implemented something like that? No. Really? I think it'd be really hard to execute considering you have fans standing outside of the fence, which you can't really then do anything about that. Well, they could always drop down the... uh, Idiotic. Idiotic. (laughs) She's Molly Branham, Alex Strove. It is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light live from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton for the annual Catch Short Game outing. C-A-T-C-H stands for Community Around the Children's Hospital. You can learn more about them. UWCatch.org. So one thing I think all Packers fans can agree on, no matter how confident or unconfident you're feeling about Jordan Love going in to the 2023 season, is there is one position group that absolutely stinks on this team. We'll talk about the safety position and the possible switches at that position, different things the Packers are trying. We're going to talk about that next. But first, uh, got to tell you about Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment. Made the chill. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's amazing. Cold filtered, cold lager, cold packaged. It's amazing. The mountains on the cans and bottles, they turn blue. You know what I'm about to call it? Amazing. <laughs> Coors Light. Made to chill. Get it today. Do it. Do what you got to do. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crushed Coors Light. Best ad read I've ever done. Wow. <laughs> we'll talk safety position next. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Presented by Coors Light, rolls on live from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton for the annual Catch Short Game outing. The community around the Children's Hospital. Learn more at uwcatch.org. Alex Strofe, Molly Brown in for the fellas today on your beautiful Wednesday. Uh, we're competing in Minute to Win it a bit later. Are you nervous? Oh, no, I'm not nervous. I don't want to brag, but I've won the last couple that I've done. As have I. Well, also, Matt is horrible mm. at this game. I played Jim last time in movies. Get that. I beat him in movies. Uh, well, you, think, you do host uh, First Watch I sometimes, do. depending on when you want to record it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I definitely beat Jim. Brian was hey, there. I'm he happy the for you. I'm happy for you. you got to beat me today, though. So we'll do that about 2.45 this afternoon. Your chance to win a gift card to North and South Seafood and Smokehouse with three locations in the area. wanted to get to this, though, earlier today from the head coach of the Packers, Matt war who talked about the safety position and that's been the position of concern for pretty much every Packers fan the last several months uh that position group is nothing better than flat out sucking right I mean it's horrible you you have some investment level there with the first round pick and Darnell Savage who probably shouldn't even have a job but they have nobody better than him in that position group on this roster so by default he's a starter it's absurd. This guy got benched at the end of last season because he couldn't tackle anybody or uh, contest a football whatsoever, and here he is with a starting job again in 2023. Uh, some other guys have, is, have popped out. Jonathan Owens, better known as the husband of Simone Biles, is also in that room. He's had a rough, he's had a rough uh, training camp here. Uh, you've got a seventh-round rookie in Anthony Johnson Jr. who played cornerback the majority of his college football career. And everybody thought he was going to be the dude. But by the way, he was a seventh-round draft pick. He's not going to be the dude. So the Packers have some serious issues in their defensive backfield that they're starting to iron out. Now, Rudy Ford. Rudy We're not going to mention him. But he's fine. Right? He's like, fine. if you're he's starting safeties are Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford, you not rank great. 32nd of 32 teams in the NFL. So the brightest spot maybe uh, the brightest spot defensively for sure of this training camp and first preseason game has been the rookie seventh-round cornerback Carrington Valentine. Valentine with another interception uh, in the first preseason game on Friday against Cincinnati. Had a nice family night two weeks ago. Has really positioned himself to get some meaningful snaps come regular season time. So Matt LaFleur talking about a possible positional change for one of the Packers' current quarter cornerbacks earlier today. Here's the head coach. Yeah, I think I think we definitely have to look at something because he's he's done a lot up to this point. And again, he's He's got to keep progressing. Um, you know, there's there's still a lot of ball 
in front of us in terms of practices. We got two more preseason games, so we'll, we'll just see how he progresses. But up to this point, he's, he's worthy of uh, getting some snaps for sure. So that's on Carrington Valentine um, playing the cornerback position. LaFleur would go on to later say that they might have to experiment with moving Rasul Douglas to safety because that room stinks so bad. So I have a broader question about this defense. How involved is Matt LaFleur going to be? Because he's got to be, right? Like, he's not just letting Joe Barry come back on his own and do whatever he wants with the defense. So, it's a tough question because Matt LaFleur, obviously an offensive coach. So, he, he schematically, he's probably not doing a ton. The one thing he, we know he did was essentially told Joe Barry to switch it up, right? Mm-hmm. And they've switched up, uh, you know, the, the defense that, that he's, he's typically run, and now they're trying some other things uh, this offseason, which so far, so good, have seemed to work. But... Uh, yeah, they're just trying to have him run other things. But I don't know that LaFleur will necessarily be involved with the personnel on the field or anything of that of that sort. Does that answer your question? I mean, kind of. I'm just interested to see what happens because, quite honestly, I just don't have any faith in Joe Barry whatsoever. Not in the no. safety position, not in the corners, not in linebackers, there, there, nothing. There I've... seems to have been a little bit of a revitalization in, in terms of the players' faith in Joe Barry. I think you'll remember But are they as, just as well saying that until until no, the games no, actually I, start? I, yes, then... maybe. Maybe, right? Like, you'll remember after that first Vikings game last year, Jair Alexander kind of lit him up, right? He should have. Look it, what happened. And now, for the time being, Jair Alexander is going to be playing the op- opposing team's top receiver, which is how it should have been all season long last year, but it took Joe Barry and company a while to figure that one out. So uh, the, the idea now is that Jair, one of the leaders and captains of this defense, is speaking highly of Joe Barry. They've seemed to revitalize that relationship. There's a ton of investment in this defense. Eight first-round picks, one of which is Darnell Savage, who stinks. But the other seven don't. And I, I do have faith in the front seven, right? The defensive line, the linebacker crew, especially once Rashawn Gary's healthy. I'm feeling pretty confident about what that looks like. Now, there are still some questions to figure out with that defensive line, with, with a young guy like Devontae Wyatt, with a guy like T.J. Slayton, who's unproven, who will be the other two uh, starters, aside Kenny Clark. But when it comes to the defensive backfield, you're feeling a lot more comfortable at cornerback than you are at safety. And when you have a young rookie, a seventh-round pick, and Carrington Valentine emerge the way he has and maybe demanding playing time by the way he's played this training camp in preseason – Maybe moving Rasul Douglas to safety isn't the worst idea in the world. Now, I don't know how much familiarity he has with that position, but Rasul Douglas at safety's got to be better than, than, uh, than what else happened. So, uh, Ryan, you came in my ear. You said, I have the audio. Is that LaFleur talking about Rasul Douglas? Is that what you mean by that? Yes, this is about the actual cornerback making a positional change this time around. How about it? All right, here we go. It's, it's trying to find those best five, I guess. We'll look at everything and try to put our best people can make plays and if Sewell's one of those guys I, I certainly know we we had Sewell obviously in there at the nickel position last year quite a bit so he has a really high football IQ and he, he understands you know the jobs of really everybody in the back end but I think it's kind of um, you know we'll, we'll see where it goes uh, that seems like a no-brainer to me Molly yeah um <laughs> I I don't know. I, I this defense, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, and I don't know how long it's going to take for me to believe it, but I don't know. I just don't believe anything that this defense is going to do until we actually see it happen on the field. And that's why I'm asking, like, like how much play is Matt Lafleur going to have into it? Because I think he's going to be pretty involved this year. I don't think he's gonna, just going to let Joe Barry do whatever the heck he wants, like he did last year. Yeah, I mean, you, you hope that's the case. It was it was a rough year for a defense that had really high expectations. We, we quoted all the time Amina Kimes a year ago yep. saying the Packers were going to be a top three, top two defense in the league. And obviously that did not come even near to fruition. Uh, they were bad uh, mm-hmm. for a majority of the season until that late stretch where they went on the little winning streak. Like, but, where, where do you think, out of the 32 teams that there are in the NFL, where do you think that they're going to end up this season? By the end of the year, where are they going to rank? I, I have more faith. In, in the Packers defense than other people, but I still think that's probably somewhere between 12 and 8. I, I would say a top 12 defense in the NFL. 12 and 8? you got to go smaller number bef- to bigger number. 8 to 12. Yes, that. Okay, that was confusing how you just said that. <laughs> well, I was thinking low end that is, to, to high end. 8 to me is really high. It's one of the what? I mean, that's, that's the top 25% of the league. Good math. Yeah. Math guy. 
So I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, I, I do have faith, like I keep saying, in the front seven, right, especially once Rashawn Gary is healthy. But Lucas Van Ness is going to need time to develop. But you have faith in Preston Smith on the opposite side. Once you get Rashawn back, you're, you're happy with your edge uh, ability. Inside, Quay Walker, hello. I think he's going to have a huge jump this year. And then that D-line with T.J. Slayton, who I think will make a big jump. Devontae Wyatt, who I also hope makes a big jump, the first-round pick from a year ago. And well, then they you've got your stud in, in, in Kenny Clark on the D-line. So it, that front seven should make you feel pretty good. It's just it's a, it's a quarterback-run league. What can your defensive backs do? Cornerback you feel good about, especially when Stokes is completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Safety is, is concerning. But if they can move Rasul Douglas there, with Darnell Savage, who I just I hate that idea, but you don't have any other better options. You have Dar- Darnell Savage with Sewell Douglas, Carrington Valentine, Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander as your five D backs. Do you know something very yeah, confusing about that. the uh, cornerback position for the Green Bay Packers? What's that? That there's somebody named Valentine and then there's somebody named Ballantine. Yeah. Yep. That is so confusing. Corey Ballant Ballantine, Carrington Valentine. I don't like that. That's so no. Well, I've got good news for not, you. I don't think Valentine's making the roster. I was so. just going to say, not going to say it, but I kind of hope somebody, one of them gets cut to make it easier on You know it, who but. else was very confused about that? Was the Bengals in-stadium announcer at their preseason game last week. I swear to God, oh. Carrington Valentine was making plays all over the field, but you would have thought it was Corey Valentine. If you were just a fan at the game, you would think Corey Valentine's going to be a pro bowler this year, whereas <laughs> oh Carrington Valentine is probably the one who's going to be working his way into the starting secondary. Is Carrington Valentine like the third or fourth ranked rookie you feel best about right now, Ryan, uh, in terms of Packers rookies? Well, number one, especially after today, has to be Musgrave. Luke Musgrave. Right? Yep. Luke Musgrave. And then I personally feel really confident about Jaden Reed. I, I agree. I, I know he's made well. some really fun plays in Did- practices so far, and I know he was really good at Michigan State. So it's not surprising to me that, you know, they drafted what? four guys in the top in second and third round but it's the guy who they ended up drafting what in the fourth or fifth you said right who's that carrington valentine he was a seventh round pick seventh round pick all right i didn't even realize that yeah it shows goes to show that when it comes to the draft and rookies like you never really know which one of these guys get a hit but it's really encouraging that they could find a secondary player that late in the late in the draft which they've really never done you guys brought up Jaden Reed. He got hurt today is what it sounds like at practice. In terms of what? What, what does that mean? Uh, serious? Not serious? Because well, I did not see this. Andy Herman tweeted this before. It said, worth noting, Jaden Reed was not in on that two-minute drive, at least that he saw. He was banged up earlier. And then later on he did tweet, or earlier than that, he tweeted, uh, Jaden Reed looks okay, has his helmet on the sidelines, defense on the field now. So I don't know how much like place in that, but... You just mentioned yeah, his name. I mean, that well, obviously, with training camp, we know this, but yeah. it's it's good to explain that you're better safe than sorry when it comes to any injuries, right? Like, you can even look in, in New York with Aaron Rodgers, had a hammy thing yesterday. He's back on the field today, but he sat out the remainder of practice yesterday for the Jets. So, Are we going to see that on Hard Knocks? We have to, right? Did you watch episode two? I haven't even watched episode one. I, I've, I've been saying this. I like to binge my shows that I'm waiting for a couple episodes to come out and then I'll watch. So I'm thinking maybe after two, but maybe after three episodes I'll start watching. Okay. So uh, I'll be a little bit behind. So I, I watched the first episode. I thought it was good, uh, other than maybe the last 15 minutes. Second episode, I got a text from Jason Wilde last night that said Hard Knocks is a dud, so I haven't watched it, but now he's told me to watch it, so mm-hmm. I will watch it tonight, um, and we'll see if, if it's worth getting into episode three next week. But I, 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 Is it I, worth it? As if you're not going to watch it. You're going to watch. Right? Yeah, I mean, I always do. I found myself saying that about the Lions last year. I was like, okay, after the first or second episode, I kind of got over it. I kind of got over the biting your kneecaps and, and, and silly phrases from Dan Campbell, the, the animal. Well, I feel like so much of that, too, like, the clips were posted all over that you didn't even need to watch the show to know the main things that you're watching. Yeah, I mean, episode one was certainly Aaron Rodgers' propaganda up and down, and it was okay. interesting to watch. And my big takeaway from episode one was I'm feeling a little bit jealous. Like, uh, the, the Jets look like a really good football team, and I'm afraid the Packers won't be that this year, but I continue to talk myself into the Packers maybe being an okay football team. I got to say, Stroke. Eight nine, nine and eight. I did watch the second episode of Hard Knocks last night as well. And give, me, give me your quick thoughts. If you thought the first episode was Aaron Rodgers' propaganda, not too much changes in this one. Though we do get a little more insights into Will McDonald and his interesting piercing traditions. Body Who piercing is Will traditions. McDonald? He was their first round pick out of Iowa State. He's actually from Waukesha. 
uh, no in kidding. Wisconsin. Yes, he's a, he was a star, I believe, maybe at Catholic Memorial. I could be wrong about that, but I know he is from Waukesha or from the Milwaukee area, oh. and he was their first-round pick after they ended up not getting the tackle they wanted earlier in the draft. All right, well, I'll keep you posted uh, tomorrow if I, if I take a look at that. But in the meantime, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off because I'm, I'm sick of Rodgers' propaganda. But I do like hard knocks. I love the inside look. I, I keep going back and forth. Um, I did see, though, that they had that uh, magician guy, to- Oz Perlman. And Adam Schefter then tweeted that NFL Countdown will be showing an inside look at Oz. Is it Oz Perlman? Am I getting that name right? I believe uh, so. If, and he came to the Packers facility this offseason. So NFL Wait, Countdown is going to be doing an inside look on him. He was on Countdown Bay. last year before a game. Correct, with Seattle. It was so good. So you got DK Metcalf's phone unlocked, if, if, if we're referring to the same thing. No. I don't know what you're talking about. And you called it him. It was a- like he was on a video screen in, like he wasn't in person. No, wait, was he? I can't remember if he... No, he was in person on Countdown. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. What is going on? Here? I can't remember. I just remember watching it, and I was like, whoa, what's happening? I believe Are you he... a big Magic fan? Um, uh, you know who is? Ryan yes. Wollersheim loves Magic, and he won't admit it. Stop He's just it. a Magic Ryan, guy. Stop Ryan it. That's not true. Probably like a, I read like books. Ryan, I don't like Magic. <laughs> Ryan probably took up Magic at one point when no. he was like six, seven years old. He and totally like, did. He was like, Mom, pick a card, any card. And she picks the Jack of Spades, and he's like, was this your card? And it was the Three of Diamonds. And she's like, yeah, honey, it was. Ryan's and, uh, so going to come to the office tomorrow with like a wand or something. Yeah, he is. Yeah, just like <laughs> Harry Potter, all those magic. Harry Potter books. Ryan Wollersheim. Yeah. I like fantasy books. I don't like Magic. Thank you. Yeah, he reads books. All right, yes, read, read a lot of them. By the way, Oz Perlman, not a magician, a mentalist. 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 Yeah. Okay, well, he is really freaking talented. I don't he know is. how fake his stuff is, but it's really good. <laughs> he got Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the episode. If you little tease, little tease there. He gets Aaron Rodgers. All I'll right, say that. Good to know. This is uh, good to know. Will McDonald, by the way, guys, went to Waukesha North High School. I was close. Okay. I was fact. close. You so, were. So he's a Wisconsin You had the right guy. town. All right, so piercings and Aaron Rodgers propaganda. That's what you get in episode two of Hard Knocks. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Maybe I won't. Hope you stick with us, though. We'll, we'll keep talking Packers. Jair Alexander, Justin Jefferson, got beef? Of course they do. Molly Brown, Alex Strope with you from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton. It's Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Live from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton. No Rutledge, no Hamilton. Alex Strofe, Molly Brown in for the fellas on your Wednesday afternoon. Rutledge of Hamilton, of course, as always, brought to you by our friends at Coors Light. Molly, if the mountains are blue, you know what to do. That's Crush Coors Light. And I will tell you, it is the middle of August. You know it's the middle of August. You know football season is approaching when you've got a WWE-style rivalry developing between two NFC North rivals that will be facing off twice a year against one another, Mono Imano, the best wide receiver in the conference, Justin Jefferson, the best cornerback in the in the conference in Jair Alexander. We start with the Packers cornerback who spoke with the NFL on NBC earlier this week about Justin Jefferson, about the Packers, about the Vikings. Here's what Jair had to say on NBC. Okay, you uh, and Justin Jefferson, game one against Jefferson, you didn't match up with him at all. He had a big game. The next game, you spent a lot of time on him in man coverage. And, in fact, you did the grittying. Right after a play, you knocked down a ball. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man. Hey, that was fun, man. You know, I said all week it was a fluke. So when he came in the Lambo, he thought he was going to come in there grittying. But I was the one grittying. And that's all it was. It was just fun, you know. You beat him up a little bit, too. You got your hands on him a bunch. I watched a bunch of those plays. Look, somebody had to, man. They was letting him go free all year, man. Not me. Not me. Unbelievable stuff there from Jair. He thought he was going to come in here grittying, and I was the one doing the grittying. How do you feel about him talking like that? I love it. I love his swag. I love his confidence. It's 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 cornerback necessary these days, right? Like, who has the most swag in the NFL positionally? It's cornerback. 
Who's been making more money uh, if you go 10 years ago to now, positionally, much more money percentage-wise, maybe more so than any other position not named quarterback? That would be cornerback, right? So I think you need the swag. You need to feel like you're the best in the world. And we saw a couple weeks ago when the NFL Network was releasing their NFL Top 100, uh, they asked Jair if he emulates his game after anybody, and he says he watches a lot of number 23 on the Packers. (laughs) I, I mean, know, it's amazing. I heard that. It's amazing, right? So, like, he needs that swagger. He needs that confidence, especially when he's going up a guy like Justin Jefferson twice a year. Justin Jefferson responds to Jair Alexander on CBS. Uh, I mean, it's just him talking uh, at the end of the day. Uh, nobody's really worried about him uh, at the end of the day. They, if, you really, if you really see them mic'd up and everything, uh, they had their intentions to, to really, uh, you know, take me out the game. At that at that point of the season, we already had solidified in the playoffs. We already had won the division. Um, I didn't even play the whole game. Uh, I mean, but you can't call you can't call it a, a, a 180 yard fluke. It's, it's that's something that's not a fluke. You you can't just walk up on 180 yards in the NFL, especially being one of the top players. So they played totally different the second time. Uh, they did not even play man the second time at all. So, uh, I mean, that, that statement of him playing man and beating me up all game is, is very not true. And if you see the film, if you see the film, you can see it. For somebody that started talking a minute ago by saying, yeah, nobody's worried about him or anything he says, to go on for a minute about what he says and what he does, <laughs> you sound a little bit like you care, Justin Jefferson. It sounds like you care a whole hell of a lot what Jair Alexander is saying about you. I'm Welcome to the offseason in the NFL where people are going to talk and people are going to talk a lot of smack, especially when they don't like each other, especially on the record like Jair Alexander and Justin Jefferson don't. I love this from Jair Alexander and I love the response from Justin Jefferson because you can tell from it, the one takeaway I have is Jair Alexander is in the head of the best receiver in the NFL. But Okay, so I kind of want to go back because I completely disagree with you on the talking smack aspect. I believe so much in karma and I don't like the fact that our top cornerback is talking that way. Yes, I understand that you have to be swaggy. You got to have the swagger. You got to be cool. You got to be talking highly of yourself. I believe it. I like it at times. But then I just I just believe so heavily in karma that I think if you're talking like this, you're going to get burned. And I just feel like this amplifies the two times the Packers are going to play the Vikings this season even more than it has been in the past Great. because of these conversations. Great. I, I love I love like, energy. Exciting, I love but, like, excitement. I, I don't want the bad karma to come onto the Packers and Jair's just getting burned like crazy. It's not going to happen because he's that damn good he's not going to get burned. And I understand Justin Jefferson is also that damn good. I, I anticipate amazing battles between the two of these guys for years and years, right? Like we've already had a couple classic battles, including last year at Lambeau Field when Jair is grittying as Justin Jefferson lays on the Lambeau Field grass. I love that. I, I want swag. I want confidence. And I understand this is what the Packers won't call, but I will, a rebuild year for Green Bay. I don't anticipate them to be very good. Mm-hmm. But you know who I also don't anticipate to be very good is the Minnesota Vikings who won 13 games a year ago. They're going to be better than the Packers, but they're not going to be... I can't say that with full confidence. Oh, come on. You're just being... You're being such a Packers fan right now. Like, actually think. You don't think that the Vikings are going to be that much better. Yes, the only thing that I have questions about for their their team is the defense. That's it. Yes, as we're talking about the Packers' defense, that is clearly a big part of a team, obviously. But otherwise, like, the offense for the Vikings – so much bigger and so much better than what the Packers. I don't think I, I I agree with you strictly because they have Justin Jefferson. But I would TJ take the Hawkinson? Packers. I would take the Packers running back room. I would take the Vikings t- tight end room. Uh, but you, you Alexander you, you Madison's have, pretty freaking good. He is, but he's not as good as Aaron Jones. Kirk Cousins? Would you take him over Jordan Love? Uh, Kirk Cousins is is something I can't ignore because essentially earlier this offseason, and it seems we've buried this in the archives, mm-hmm. is the fact that the Vikings essentially said, "Yeah, this will probably be Kirk's last year. We don't really want him after this year." How does that? not play with you mentally how how does that how does that affect the chemistry of your offense when in the heart of hearts justin jefferson knows he's not the guy the guy throwing me the ball this year isn't the guy you don't think that affects them whatsoever do you want to know i have a prediction and i've been saying it for the last two years i think that justin jefferson if they don't get further in the playoffs to the nfc championship is this the last year on his rookie deal 
Uh, 2020, year? yes, he would have been because he was he was the same year as Love. So I know that he had like a whole like holdout negotiations thing too with his uh, with the he Vikings may have signed an extension already though. Well, there's ways out of all kinds of contracts <laughs> that if they don't get to the NFC Championship by next year, I think Justin Jefferson is out of Minnesota. I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs this year. Whoa, um, to be whoa, real honest whoa, with whoa, you, whoa. I, I, I think. So who's going to take the NFC North spot? I think, I think it's Lions? I think it's the Lions probably, but I don't know that if I buy into that hype either. I, I, I think I you could win eight games and win this division. I think it's going to be that bad. Ugh, we're turning into the NFC East. NFC South of last year, yeah. That too, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's the North's turn to be just brutally awful, um, which which sucks. But look, I, I think the Packers can be eight and nine good. I think the Vikings could easily be eight and nine. Wait, I think, eight I, and nine was my prediction, and you were—I think you were saying that I was crazy for saying that. No, I think you gave me like ten and seven, and, and I called you crazy. No, eight, no, eight no. and nine, I'm fine with. I said eight and nine. Matt said six and eleven. No, whatever. Not important. Ryan, what's up? Tell me, I'm right now. I was just going to say, Justin Jefferson has not signed an extension, though they did exercise his fifth-year option, which would apply the 2024 season. So they're still working on that long-term deal. Likely yeah. he'll end up being the highest paid player, non-quarterback, maybe of all time. I would think so. And if anybody's deserving of it, uh, off the top of my head, I would say he's probably number one on the list. Him or Micah Parsons, maybe, as a pass rusher? Yeah, Parsons is a good point. True. Parsons is a good point. Uh, but yeah, I, I would put him right up there. One of the Bo- or Whoever the better Bosa is. I would screw him up. Nick the is young, the better Bosa. Yeah, he's right. the younger Bosa. The, more, uh, the better asset. For sure. Uh, for and sure. he is still holding out, too, as well. Have there been any updates with that? As far as I know, he's still not going to their training camp right now. Great. Crazy. I, lo- I love holdouts. They're always very entertaining. <laughs> I love that since it's the 49ers because uh, I can't uh, stand that. I'm just glad we yes. don't have any uh, in Green Bay right now. Speaking Kumbaya of right now, we, we need caller five, caller seven. Caller five and caller seven. We're going to play time. Minute to Win It, brought to you by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Coming up next... Caller five, you get to pick who you think's going to win. Ryan's going to tell you the category that Molly and I don't know. Me and Molly each going to have a minute to rally off as many guesses in the category as we can. Caller five, you get to pick who wins. Caller seven, you get the other one. Whoever wins, whoever picked the winner, gets a $50 gift card to North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Whoever doesn't pick the winner, you still win too. You get a $25 gift card to North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Caller 5, caller 7 right now, 844-770-3776. 844-770-ESPN, the number to get in. Caller 5, caller 7, 844-770-3776. We play Minute to Win It, brought to you by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Coming up next as we are live from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton for the annual Catch Short Game Outing. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light, rolls out live from Pleasant View Golf Course in Middleton for the annual Catch Short Game outing the community around the Children's Hospital. You can learn more about them and their mission over at UWCatch. Dot org. I'm Alex Strofe in for Jim Rutledge. Molly Brown has stepped away from our broadcast booth for a moment as we get ready to play the Minute to Win It, which of course is brought to you by our friends at North and South Seafood and Smokehouse. Three locations in the Madison area, in Madison, in DeForest, and in Verona, doing great catering options, great smokehouse options, great seafood items. Uh, I went there a couple weeks ago. I went to the DeForest location, got these spicy Cajun catfish bites for an appetizer, got a little brisket, got a little uh, barbecue ribs. Everything there is just to die for. I mean, it is just incredible. Uh, um, and two of our lucky fans going to have the opportunity to win a 50 and $25 gift card to any of those locations, respectively, as we now get ready to play Minute to Win It. Are you on Team Rutledge or Team Hamilton? I don't want to pick sides. This is the Minute to Win It, presented by North and South Seafood and Smokehouse, with three locations in Madison, DeForest, and Verona. So obviously no one's on Team Rutledge or Team Hamilton this week, because neither true. of them are on the show, but... Steve from East Bristol was calling number five stroke, and he picked you today. Though, after I told him the category, he didn't seem as confident. So, we have a very special category today for one of our very special listeners to Rutledge and Hamilton. Uh, Matt Hamilton texted our group chat earlier today, and he mentioned that one of our favorite listeners, Z and the D, it's his birthday today. 
It is. Congratulations, Z and the D. And Z. Congratulations. The, this is his birthday. Say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Z and the D. Congratulations. Congratulations. Happy. Look, it's a generic. Congratulations. Your parents had intercourse <laughs> however many years ago. What? What are we doing here? Congratulations. Plus nine months. It's like a very generic, like, uh, gift card. Or not gift card, but like greeting card. Like, <laughs> congratulations card? on your occasion. Not whatever yeah, it actually enough. is. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. But Z in the D stands for Zach in the Dells. The Dells being one of America's biggest water park so i figured why don't i get the list of the 10 most popular amusement parks in the united states according to TripAdvisor. strofe looks distressed at this category now let me explain that this list was created based off of total reviews from TripAdvisor, which was then taken and they figured out how many positive reviews or excellent reviews there were for each of these parks so they could get the most popular and the most well-received parks in America, if, if you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I've got no idea what you're saying. Let's just go. Okay, what I also want to point out, one point, one important aspect to this is that there are many resorts in America that have multiple theme parks at them. These are the multiple theme parks located within them, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Don't want to give uh, away any of them, but I want to give you that hint because wait, it is so they do have multiple things within them. So you know there are multiple large, you know, resorts across America that have multiple theme parks within them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not. I'm trying not so to use Wisconsin any names. So Wisconsin Dells counts. Wisconsin Dells would be a location where there are parks within it. You see what I'm saying? So you have to go by the park itself, not by the town. Uh, all right. Look, you just spent four minutes explaining the rules, and they've made no sense. Look, just because it, you don't clearly care about Z and the D's birthday enough, but anyway. Oh, that's it. That's All what right. we're going Yes, with. obviously. Now, I will go ahead and start your time now. Disney World. You got to be a little more specific than Disney World, which is what I was trying to help you with, so that is incorrect. That's not say. a city. It's not a city, but it's a resort that has parks within it. This is absolutely absurd. Epcot. There you go. That's one An of them. Animal Kingdom. There you go. That's two. What's the one with Cinderella's Castle? Magic Kingdom. There you go. That would be number three. Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, not on the list. So you've this gotten is two wrong. You've gotten three So correct. Disneyland doesn't count? If you pick a park within Disneyland, I don't know any of the parks within Disneyland. Then Star Wars else. Park. Star Wars Park. Um, Star Wars Park, not on the list. Um, so you got three of them. Look, that's a decent showing. Don't get all upset. This is dumb. Okay, this is dumb. it is not dumb. It is a good category. It applies to everyone. Everyone's interested, and it's for Z and the D, okay? God. Well, it's an idiotic topic. Well, that's not. Uh, how dare you? How dare you insult the Wisconsin Dells amusement parks? Our listeners. You said it, you, how is that? A, how, how am I insulting that when you said it's not eligible? How is that an insult? How is it? It wasn't eligible to parks within? Get ready for the dumbest topic in the history of the segment, Molly. Good luck. Um. Okay. Is it dumb because you don't know it, or is it dumb yes, because it's actually that's dumb? That's exactly why it's dumb. So let me explain, Molly. Matt mentioned okay. in our group chat earlier today that it is the birthday of one of our loyal listeners, Z in the D. Z yes. in the D standing for Zach in the Dells. The Dells, known as one of the amusement park capitals of the world. So, I got the list of the 10 most popular amusement parks in the U.S. Now, I mentioned <laughs> amusement parks. Matt, Matt just decided to show up mid-segment. How are you doing, Matt? Glad you could be I, here I for waved this. them away. I was telling oh, you to have two I more minutes. Z and the D, happy birthday. I'm glad he got into the, the show for this. Yes. HBD, Z and the D. Birthday point, Z and the D, getting through. All right, so Molly. Is this Minute to Win It, my favorite yes. segment of it all is. time? It is. It is. Can we go 2v1? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> oh, let's my God. <laughs> let's make some history here. All right, so does Matt know the category yet? No. Doesn't we have matter. to explain I'll it again. It. All right, no, so Matt, it. it's a 10 I, I quit. All right, all right. Top 10 amusement parks or yeah. water Top parks? 10 amusement parks. Water parks are included. But top okay. ten amusement parks, not not resorts where music where amusement yeah, parks are located. Got you got it? Okay, that one yeah. stroke okay, took wait, a while I to wrap have, his head have, around that. I have one question. Okay. If it's let's say six flags, can we say all different six flags or is it just six flags? I believe six See, flags is no just sense. one amusement park. No, 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 no. no. There's, There's multiple like six. of them. Yeah. Great oh, America you have to, is you have to specify Illinois. which one? Yeah, um, like Great America or the one you in would like have Pasadena. To specify, you would have to specify which one, yes. Okay, fine. Got it. We're, okay. we're going to drill this. All right. I don't know. I'm getting kind of nervous. You guys, it's time. 
starts now. Disneyland, Disney World, California, and Orlando. You gave me strikes for those. Those are both what? strikes, Matt. You have to specify the parks within those oh, resorts. Magic Kingdom. There you go. Magic Kingdom is one of Epcot. them. Epcot. California Epcot Adventure. Epcot is two of them. California Adventure, that's three. Uh, MGM Studios, do you like that? Hold on. Do you MGM like MGM Studios? What's that? That's I'll let you discuss. Or, uh, I'll let you in, discuss. Uh, Florida, it's, it's pretty big. Ooh, I don't know. Let's, okay, let's come back to that you one. You want to do the... Uh, let's do like Six Flags. The one you're talking about. Six Flags Great America? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Six Flags Great America. That's a strike. Isn't I apologize, it? guys. Six Ball flags game. is not Good on job, the list. Guys. We get six strikes. Great job. Yeah, we get <laughs> you get six strikes. <laughs> you should have only gotten 30 seconds, too. Oh, get out. That was 30 seconds, actually. Okay, can and I? And I won, right? Well, no, you also got three. You guys tied. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, well, okay. I feel like you, Knock it out, Molly. I feel like sure. you said the Dells is in there, so Mount Olympus? I never actually said the Dells was in there. The Dells has uh, amusement parks, but none of them are in the top ten. Yeah. Well, you yeah. mentioned the Dells. Do we just keep guessing? It would have been Noah's Ark if you are going to guess. If there was going to be one to guess, it was Noah's Ark. All right, I can give you yeah. the list of the other parks. If you yeah, like. I no, we tied. Guessing. We tied. Okay, keep guessing. Well, what okay, happens hold if on. we tie? Then what Studios? do people win? Then I MGM believe Studios. MGM Caller Studios seven had wins, list. even though Caller Seven had an advantage with two people. Okay. Wait, what was the one that you just said? MGM. Yeah, I'm Dude. curious if it's on the list. Not on the list. Okay. Animal MGM, Kingdom. Uh, Animal Kingdom. Yes, that is on the list. Strofe. Guess that oh, as well. I'm sure like Harry Potter Land is. Probably oh, there Universal too. Studios. Yeah. Uh, Universal Studios Florida at Universal Orlando Resort is on the list. Uh, There's also, Universal Studios in California too. Um, there is, yes. Universal Studios Hollywood was number eight on the list. Why did you guys let MGM be a guest before these ones? Hey, no, it didn't. I got knocked on both my Disneylands and Disney World. All right, well, then also on the- apparently those aren't specific enough. do you have any? That's all right. We tied, and it's a push because Strofe is real in his feelings right now that he lost this. Other ones ones on the list include Cedar Point and Ohio- and then also I thought about C- Cedar Point. SeaWorld Orlando. Oh. SeaWorld's People an amusement still go to park? SeaWorld? That's an aquarium. Yeah, it's an amusement no, park. It's, a, it's an amusement park. This yeah. was the most idiotic topic. Happy birthday That's, to Z and the D. Wow. Congratulations to whoever Caller 7 was. Ryan, you're banned from creating another list for a month. Look, it was either I, this. I will, I will be overseeing Minutes over, to Win It for the next month. You literally took over your job, so I don't think you can complain. That's true. Look, it was either this. What's wrong? What was this first it, hour? It like, took him four and a half minutes Ryan to explain do? the rules. It took him four and a half it's it's a, minutes it's, to win it's it. A big it took him four and a half minutes to explain the rules. I was, Are you kidding me? I was wondering Ryan. why I was sitting Look, I was in just that trying to make sure you didn't mess it up. Like I was trying to help you. Great. If Great anybody job, here messed it up, it was you, Ryan. Great Bullshot. job. Ryan. Congratulations <laughs> to Caller 7, who, whatever your name is, wherever you're from, you win a $50 gift card to North and South Seabird Smokers. And Z and the D, you get $25. Good. No, don't no. be giving away prizes. Yeah, no. no. One person gets a $25 gift yeah. card. Yeah, Caller 5, Yeah. which wasn't Z and the D. Oh, I thought Z got in. My bad. <laughs> it's his, bir- <laughs> it's his <laughs> birthday <laughs> present, don't and you that, know? And that's why you don't jump in halfway through a segment. <laughs> Matt Hamilton joins us for hour two of his own show. Thanks for showing up on time. Molly Brad. Alex Strope with you. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.